Hey everyone, this is Bob Leahy at Life Church in Chico, California. Welcome to the Midweek Pastors Podcast. This is a way for us to go beyond the sermon through conversation, questions and answers, deep dives into topics, and interviews. Whether it be in your car, at the gym, or hiking in Upper Park, we hope that this podcast really encourages and equips you wherever you're at. Hey, Life Church, welcome to our pastor's podcast here in Chico, California. This is Bob Leahy here. I am with my wife, my wonderful wife, uh, Lana, who just spoke um, just a couple Sundays ago on chapter two of the book of Acts, spoke on Pentecost. Uh, Not a task I would have liked to have, so I'm grateful that she (laughs) took on that task and uh, I think did a well job, good job at that. So um, yeah, how, how have conversations gone since that uh, sermon or um, just us in, being in the book of Acts? And um, is it piquing people's interest? Are people saying this is a little weird? I don't understand it. Are people engaging? Are they pushing in? Um, what have we been hearing um, from the sermon series, Lana? Uh, I think what I have come to realize is just that people are all over the place. Like our church in this way is very diverse. People are coming from a lot of different backgrounds and experiences. We've got people who this is literally the first time they've ever heard about this. Um, You've got people who, you know, maybe have had some hurt around it in the past and are kind of not sure. And then you've got people who are, you know, super comfortable. So Um, It was interesting when I kind of asked people to raise their hands if that was something that they're comfortable with. And I was actually I was surprised we had more people than I expected to see that um, that really felt comfortable with it. And so that was that's good, because I think that, um, you know, just as we move forward, it's really important for people to have those conversations and to ask those questions and to just be transparent about wherever they're at. Um, So I've really enjoyed just people have been pretty forthcoming about just where they're at and saying, wow, this is totally new to me. I had somebody say, you know, women in ministry is kind of new to me and wanting to, you know, talk Mm. about that. So, um, yeah, I think acts is just is rich. It's got lots and lots of, um, things that are very relevant to the church today. Totally. Um, did you, did anybody on Sunday come up to you and say, Hey, I, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How do I do that? Yeah. And if somebody's listening and they're they're saying, okay, I was there on Sunday, I I'm kind of interested. How do I do this? Like what? Yeah. So um, so we did, and that was great. I got to pray with someone, and um, I think what's really cool about it is that there is really no like formula. The the kind of three things that I mentioned in my sermon that are required are just that you have salvation already, that you know Jesus, because you can't have the Holy Spirit unless you have Jesus first. And you've surrendered your life to him and, and you're living for him. Um, and then after that, you just you need faith in these, you know, these things that you're asking for. And also um, just a measure of humility, because the things that you're stepping into when you ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're you're kind of asking God to push you out of your comfort zone. Mm, yeah. And so your experience, I think you touched on that a little bit on your sermon. But like, you know, when were you saved and then how soon after you know, did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And um, was that a totally different experience than when you got saved and the, the Holy Spirit came on you when you got saved? And 
you maybe felt your life start to change, but then you got the baptism of the Holy Spirit later and you said you spoke in tongues at the age of eight. So like, can you walk us through that a little bit, just your testimony and like how that looked for you? Yeah. And afterwards that, how, how you have used the gift of tongues uh, in, in your day-to-day life and, you know, just your, your history with that. So. Sure. So I just want to preface this by saying it's different for everybody. So just because this is the way it looked for me, if you were to talk to any of the people who raised their hands in that service, they'd probably all give you a different story as far as the timing, as far as all of those things. Um, For me, honestly, as a kid, I feel like maybe I got saved around four or five. That's when I, you know, started a conversation with my mom and said, I want Jesus to, you know, come into my heart. Um, and so, you know, as a kid, that's what it looked like for me. And then when I was eight, I was in that children's, you know, um, service and they explained it, you know, in a way that we could understand and they gave us the opportunity to, uh, to receive it. And I, um, I wanted that for myself and I want to emphasize that it was my choice. It wasn't forced. It wasn't awkward. It wasn't, it was something that I was excited about that I was interested in. And so, um, so yeah, so when I was eight, I think the blessing of being a kid with all of this is that you're just way more open to being a fool, honestly. Mm. Like it's, you know, speaking in tongues and, um, you know, some of these things for that for us as adults seem, you know, like really painful hurdles to, to kind of get through. As a kid, you know, you don't have those, um, you don't have that like self-consciousness. And so I spoke in, t- in tongues um, immediately when I, you know, asked to be baptized in the spirit and, and someone, you know, laid their hands on me and prayed. And, um, and then as a kid, you know, obviously that wasn't something that I used a lot. It wasn't, I don't ever, you know, really remember using it outside of that experience. But I think what was cool for me was that, you know, cause as you grow, you know, just as we have like child development and our bodies develop and our minds develop, our faith develops as well. And so, you know, the faith that I had as a kid, obviously, you know, had to go through a, a growth process. And so, um, especially as a, you know, a junior higher and a teenager, you know, there was a lot of angst and a lot of, um, mm-hmm. you know, hard stuff that happened. Um, but ultimately, you know, I landed on my feet and at 16, I, that's when I, I would say that I made, you know, kind of my cognizant, like adult decision to give my life to Jesus. And, um, and that's when I kind of, started to re-engage with um what happened to me earlier Mm. so and then it was something that just kind of continued to grow in me like I talked about you know I I had some some kind of weirdness and and hurt around it because of you know some um experiences that I'd had where it wasn't done you know in in an orderly way um and so I kind of held you know those that baptism of the spirit at arm's length until I think probably when I got married and you and I started going to the rivers, that's when I really kind of started to test the waters again. Wow. So you, at the age of eight, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you spoke in tongues at the age of eight. Yeah. Wow. And that was in a classroom setting. So it was explained to you and you, you understood what you're doing and you had free will and you was something you chose that you wanted at that age. And then, um, Later, you guys moved from that church and you moved out of town and you started going to other churches. Mm -hmm. And 
um, then you started to experience a little bit of chaos with mm-hmm. the gifts mm-hmm. of the spirit and people, there was an order in it and it sort of made you kind of resist mm-hmm. and push away. Yeah, really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And so it was kind of like an unhealthy use of the gifts of the spirit. Um, and then, you know, as you you grew up, I think you described this on Sunday and I loved it, is you started going to a Baptist church who did not believe in the gifts of the spirit, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you felt like that was a cast for you. Mm-hmm. And like, I just love that because it, it brought stability to you and a place for you to heal. Um, and then it took you time to kind of reconcile the things that have happened and be able to, to, to come back around to being open to the gifts that, that God gave you when you were eight. Right. And, and so, um, I think that's a, a powerful, powerful testimony. Um, and so if there's, you know, people maybe listening like me, they're like, wow, you got saved salvation at four or five. You got speaking in tongues and at the age of eight. Um, I think for me that can tend to be kind of like a red flag. Mm-hmm. Like oh, you're, you're young, you're impressionable. Um, did you really know what you're doing? Those are questions that I would raise. Uh, and so like, how would you say to people who might, uh, you know, struggle with that? Or if they're, maybe their kid is asking questions and, and, and they're like, you don't understand this. Yeah. Uh, I think there's kind of two different ways to go with that. So my, my background is in social work. So I, you know, um, and child welfare. And so, um, I understand the aspect of, of that spiritual abuse is, is a thing, right? And that um, things like this could be used uh, to manipulate children. Um, and so I think for me, even as a Christian, even as somebody who's been through this, I, you know, I'd still be wary of that if I heard, you know, other kids talking about it and I didn't know, you know, the situation that they're coming from or whatever. Like as a parent, I would for sure want to know who are those, you know, who are the people that are having these conversations with my kids, which is um, just a sideways plug for me to say, that's why we serve in children's ministry, right? You want to be in the classroom. You want to know what's going on. You want to know those teachers. So I can say, you know, um, having been the children's ministry director here at Life Church, um, that's, that's, you know, that's a big consideration for me is that we want to do this in a way that is, you know, respectful. And, and I think it's so important that kids get to choose this for themselves. I've been telling my tweens, um, you know, as we talk about baptism, this has to be your choice, right? You're not mm-hmm. a Christian because your your parents are a Christian. You don't get baptized because your parents are, you know, um, you know, pressuring you to do it or because you think that that's what they want. Like it has to be your choice. And so, um, can you help redirect me? How am I getting off track? <laughs> no, I think you're, you're answering. I think it's just how to help people understand, like, Okay, I remember. Validate okay. yes, yes. like your four-year-old and eight-year-old totally. decisions. Okay, that you so made. I just wanted to speak to to that side of it because I I know that that you know has been a thing for some people and it is a thing that you know we want to be aware of. Um, but at the at the same time, um, you know, the Holy Spirit is the same. You know, in our no matter where we are, no matter what age we are. So. That was my four-year-old, eight-year-old way of interacting with my with my creator, with my father, with my God. Mm. And he's, you know, kind and patient and he meets us where we're at. And so, you know, for me, I, I don't think that we should discount, you know, kids' experiences because 
you know, this is why God tells us to have a childlike faith, because oftentimes they're able to see and experience things that we're not as adults. Um, and so I think that we also have to give their experiences the, the weight that, um, that is due, the weight that God gives it, the weight that the Holy Spirit gives it. Um, and it, you know, just encourage them to have those experiences, um, if, yeah. if they want to. Yeah, that's awesome. I think a term you hear us say quite a bit is there's no junior Holy Spirit, right? A same Holy Spirit who empowers us, empowers our kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's important. As in an age-appropriate way. Yeah, in an age-appropriate way. Thanks for saying that. Um, how do you see, I mean, in Scripture, we see the gift of tongues in Acts being used in a corporate setting where um, it people start speaking in tongues and it's of other people's language. And so it helps others who, to understand the word of God and to empower them. And the church kind of explodes from, from there out and gets sent out. Um, so how do you see it operating in, in your life, the, the gifts of the spirit and what, what is different about that experience in acts and maybe what you experience or do you experience, have you experienced the same thing that they experienced in acts or what does it look like today for you? Um, so I would say, I think, I think the thing that really clicked for me, like I said, when I sort of came full circle with this issue is that the gifts have been given to us for others, that it's something that en enables us to advance the gospel and the calling that God has on our lives. So that's the first thing I want to say. Um, but you know, if you dig into it, there's, there's kind of two different ways that people can experience the gift of tongues. What happened at Pentecost was that God, you know, used it to, as a kind of a sign and a wonder to, you know, the other Jewish people that were there, because obviously he was making, you know, a big point about, um, the future of the church. And that was the, you know, that the Holy spirit no longer lives in a temple than it lives in us. And so I think that, you know, there is the, the spiritual gift of tongues that can be used in that way so that, you know, to enable us to, to speak to others, if God chooses to do that, that's not something we can conjure up on our own, right? It's something that, that we're open to and we just allow God to, to use us um, if, you know, he chooses to do so. For me, the way that I use tongues um, is mostly just as a, a private prayer language. And I think mm -hmm. I said on Sunday, you know, when I was eight years old and when I started speaking in tongues, whether or not that was a real, you know, language that could be identified, I don't know. And I don't care because I know that I was communicating with God and that was the important thing. And so I think that, you know, in this case, you know, when we use this uh, form of tongues, you know, properly, it's it's more of a personal thing. And, you know, this is what Paul talks about, I think maybe in Corinthians, I can't remember where he says, you know, I wish mm -hmm. all of you spoke in mm -hmm. tongues. Um, and he's not just talking about, um, you know, the kind of tongues that we see at Pentecost. He's talking about this kind of more um, intimate prayer language type of a thing. Um, and so for me, it's something that deepens my relationship with God. It's it's, you know, what I run to when I get to the, to, to the end of myself and I don't know what else to pray or I'm in a situation that's, you know, beyond me. Um, that's where I, you know, uh, that's where I go. That's great. Yeah, I think in 1 Corinthians and 14, you know, Paul does talk about, I think we're talking a lot about the gifts of tongues. Um, and Paul does talk about like, tongues is not the greatest gift like because mm -hmm. if if there isn't prophecy or there isn't like an edification it, when tongues are used in a corporate setting in the church like 
it's it's useless you're just speaking out in a different language nobody understands you how is that edifying to the church like it's just nonsense but where it is effective is when somebody is able to interpret that and give a prophetic word through um what the holy spirit's doing in that 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 moment so um, I love that. Thanks, Lana, for coming on and sharing some of your experience uh, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, we have a couple of these uh, episodes that we're going to be talking through, kind of the gifts of the Spirit and stuff as we're going through Acts. So uh, continue to tune in. And if you have any questions for us, uh, info you can email us at info at lifechurchchico.org. We'd love to hear from you. And we will catch you guys on the next podcast. All right. Peace out. Thank you for giving us a listen to this week. If there's anything that you'd like to hear on this podcast in the future, if you have questions, or if you'd like to hear us interview someone, please send us an email at info at lifechurchchico.org. Have a blessed week.